hello and welcome to this week's um, episode of The Disruptive Niche, showcasing the best of disruptors and niche businesses around. Today we have a wonderful guest with us, um, Richard, who is the Gloucestershire magician. So can't wait to hear all about how you got started and everything. So um, Richard, over to you. How did you get started in the magic world? Oh, oh morning, Jeanette. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so well, for me, magic was just a hobby. Uh, I was actually a therapist at, at the time for much of my career. And I was at a conference once, like a black tie dinner. And a friend of mine who I didn't even know did magic, a guy called Mark Vasey, who, who is actually a member of the Magic Circle as well. He did some card tricks with me, uh, which absolutely blew my mind. And I pestered him for months to tell me how he did it. Um, and he didn't. What he did was was a very clever thing, actually. He sent me he sent me some decks of cards through the post and a book, a card trick book. And he said, read that and come back to me in six months type thing. And, uh, you know, just as a way to sort of, uh, you know, test my interest, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been uh, an obsession ever since. So it was just a hobby and I would do card tricks at parties and then I started getting bookings. And eventually I left my therapist career behind because all of the phone calls and emails were about magic gigs and not therapy anymore. <laughs> so I was, I was, you know, um, in the office less and less and uh, traveling around the country going to parties. Oh, it sounds amazing. And I mean, we, we, did you sort of do a little bit of magic when you were a kid as well? Or, or was it more when you were, were older that you, you sort of took it up? Yeah, it was when I was older. So uh, unlike the usual magician story, which is, you know, my granddad showed me a trick yeah, yeah. when I was five <laughs> or something. Um, no, I, ju- I just literally got it, into That's it when amazing. I was older. Um, I've always liked uh, psychology and you know Darren Brown I remember watching Darren Brown the very early episodes when he was first on TV um so I've all I've always liked magic and psychology mm. and mind reading and all that sort of stuff uh, but yeah as, as a hobby only took it up you know as an adult really yeah um, and, but I think my go on sorry no, I was going to say a lot of you know I suppose it is very psychological isn't it magic so it's not just you know the physical part of it but it is getting into people's minds and, and everything else yeah it is yeah there's a real art to it especially when you're dealing with people um, misdirection so you can misdirect with with words with suggestions with with actions so yeah there's a huge amount of psychology involved particularly in things like um the kind of mind reading side of magic, what we call mentalism. Mm. So the Darren Brown stuff that, that you see, uh, often he will combine, uh, you know, psychological techniques with magic techniques as well. So you've got like a double whammy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating subject because you're, you're dealing with humans, aren't you? But you're also dealing with um, the fact that we can all be tricked. We can, we can all be misdirected. Um, and that's quite an interesting part of the sort of human nature, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned the Magic Circle before. Now, you are a member of the Magic Circle. I mean, this fascinates me, the whole Magic Circle, the whole secrecy around it as well. So obviously not giving anything away, but tell us a little bit about the Magic Circle. Yeah, so the Magic Circle is a private members club. Um, A lot of people have heard of it, but they don't realise that it is actually a physical place. It's, It's a building, a beautiful building in London, just behind Houston Station. Um, uh, weirdly, a bit like Harry Potter, it is down an alley. 
I kid you not. It, it is down a back street. Oh, um, brilliant. So <laughs> it feels like you're going into Hogwarts sometimes. Um, <laughs> just, just without the platform nine and three quarters. You know, it's just brilliant. a door, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, it, so it's a private members club. It was started in 1905 um above a restaurant like all good clubs you know started with with a sort of a pub people drinking saying uh let's let's start a magic club and it's i think it's quite famous because it's difficult to join so you can only join if you audition so you have to uh so the process is you you are nominated by two existing members then you go to london for an interview and then they invite you back for an audition and you have to do about eight or nine minutes worth of magic in front of um, usually about 50 magicians and there's three people judging you as well. Um, and if you're good enough, you get in, essentially. God, but um, that's terrifying though, isn't it? To, to, to like, you know, the pressure. Yeah, it is really terrifying. Imagine doing BGT, but every single person in the <gasps> audience is a magician. Oh so they've God. seen everything before. They know it all. They even know the jokes that you come out with. Um so yeah, it it is nerve wracking, but to be fair, they they are very good. You know, they they give you criteria for the audition beforehand. They let you know, you know, mm. what sort of things would help you to pass. Um, I remember uh, going into the club on my audition night, um, and there was a guy called Chris Wood who was you know so welcoming. I was pacing around the room, so I think he could tell I was there for my audition. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gave it away and he was lovely and just said come and sit over here you know you're making me nervous um <laughs> so you know really welcoming club um and yeah I think there's about 1,500 members in the world in the world so, wow in the I world, mean, yeah that's incredible isn't it that's I mean that is yeah the, the 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 cream of the cream you know that's the top isn't it yeah I I think so I, I think it's something to be really proud of yeah. um, I mean it's worth it's worth saying that you don't have to join there, there are there are professional magicians that aren't members but i think for most people it's it's a real plus mm. one in fact that's my certificate i can see it yeah, yeah. wow so, oh, yeah pride of place it. in the hall yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> oh yeah, that so. is that is incredible and you know like you say that the added um kudos that it gives you as well you know in, absolutely fantastic yeah i think it helps it's a good selling point um, you, you know, people know that you've been tested. So, yeah, if, if someone's searching for a magician for their wedding or party, I think it's worth asking, yeah. are you a member of the Magic Circle? Because at least there's a certain standard there. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I passed my audition in 2012, so it seems a long time ago now. But, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to do it again. No, it's, it's like your driving test, never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only five one, million one to... times worse. <laughs> Yeah, once once is enough. I think on the night that I did it, uh, four of us auditioned, three of us got in, one didn't. Oh wow! And can you reapply if you don't get in? You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. you can re redo it. Yeah. Mm. And you don't have to redo it again. You don't have to like top up your membership or anything. Once you're in, you're in. That's it. Uh, there are different levels, so I I could uh, audition for a, a sort of a, a, a level higher up. Mm. So there there is the inner magic circle, which is uh, only. 300 members um, so that's that's usually reserved for uh people that have either been in magic for a very long time mm. or they've made a huge contribution to the magic um industry so people like dynamo for example who yeah, have, yeah. um you know uh, done a tremendous job of promoting magic and the, yeah, the yeah. art of magic so uh 
yeah so there, there are different degrees there are different levels so uh you know oh, I'll, I'll probably uh i'll probably do that at some point oh it's absolutely fascinating um now you were talking about um going to weddings and parties and things like that you've done like so many things i've you, you know the clients that your corporate clients as well you've you know you've got mercedes-benz honda tsb bank um you know so many big big names how does that work do you are you on a stage or are you walking around how does it work for a corporate client so with with corporates it's almost always table magic so usually with people like mercedes-benz um I've done lots for the British Army as well. Mm. Uh, usually, usually it's some kind of dinner, perhaps an awards night or uh, a Christmas party maybe, but it's usually some kind of dinner and they have magicians going around the tables in between courses, entertaining them. Um, I do do stage magic as well, but for, for corporates, it's almost certainly table magic, perhaps mm. uh, a little bit during the drinks reception as well at the beginning. Uh, but usually that's where you'll find table magicians. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah, it's, so, is that pretty much the same for weddings and parties as well? Same sort of format? Yeah, so we- weddings, I, I probably wouldn't do the wedding breakfast, so I tend not to do table magic at weddings. Okay. I usually I usually do either the drinks reception or early evening. Mm. So either either before the meal or after the meal, early evening, before the first dance. So those are, those are the two best times to have yeah, magic, yeah. I think. Um, thing is with a wedding breakfast and it does happen with corporates as well is that you know there's speeches there's a lot going on um, people are hungry because they've been hanging around for a bit yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 unless someone specifically wanted it I, I tend to avoid the wedding breakfast yeah. if I can um, and with, with corporate events you know the table magic can be quite hard because you can if there's lots of magicians you split up the tables between you so you know, I might have six tables to do in, in two hours, which doesn't sound like a lot, but there's so many interruptions like yeah, records and speeches and somebody gets up to give an award. And yeah, so it, it can be stressful sometimes trying to yeah. get around to everybody. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose you've also got the added, well, added thing of drunk people as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we, are, we are public facing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, usually I'm, I'm out of there before it gets too rowdy yeah good uh, yeah yeah cer- certainly you get used to dealing with with drunk people it's part of the job yeah so uh, I, I always think of it a bit like a comedian where you've got to get good at put downs you know if if you have somebody heckling you you have to take control exactly and yeah just, yeah and that's just experience really once you've done you know a thousand gigs you're, you're better than when you when you did it first exactly time exactly confidence isn't it you know that's how yeah. you portray yourself confidence and then it sort of almost nips it in the bud from the start doesn't it yes yeah absolutely yeah if, if somebody says something to me you know over, over the years I think it's, it's more than 10 years now I've been doing it so nobody can say anything that I haven't heard before yeah so you know you you get good at one-liners and you know um it's just banter at the end of the day so even if someone's is. drunk yeah. I, I don't take it too seriously it's only yeah. a card trick mm. you know so it's uh but yeah I've, I've seen a few a few fights i've, se- I've <gasps> seen a couple of weddings where the police got called oh no uh, yeah yeah it can get <laughs> it can get a bit feisty sometimes <laughs> you just go and hide in the corner and just watch what's going on yeah 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 just <laughs> stay well out of it yeah let's oh, give you a yeah. yeah oh now what is what i mean you've traveled all over the world as well i mean how amazing is that what do you think is the best place that you've you've performed at 
uh, in my career so far, it's got to be Venice. So Venice. I was, I was Venice. Yeah, Venice, <gasps> Italy. Absolutely stunning. Never been there before. Um, and I was I was really really lucky. I got phoned by an agency um, who literally about two weeks before the gig actually, and they said, "Are you available?" to go to Italy in a couple of weeks' time. We, we had a magician and a pickpocket, and they dropped out. So I said, uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. I can do that. And they said, well, you've got to be in Italy for five days because it's three events, but they're on alternate days. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, tell us your fee. Uh, we'll give you some spending money as well. So we'll give you food and drink money. Um, yeah, so, so off I went. Uh, I had to go to Newport to get my passport renewed because <laughs> it was all a bit sudden. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, arriving in Italy. Uh, and it's the first time I've ever had a guy standing there with my name on a board, <gasps> which is all very exciting. Yeah. Very showbiz. Uh, taken by a speedboat to the hotel. Um, wow. Ha- yeah. Had an amazing suite for five days. Yeah. And yeah, did, did three corporate gigs. And there were some other British entertainers there as well. Mm-hmm. So there was a, uh, a caricaturist and uh, a silhouette cutter and a guy who's uh, brilliant at doing living statues. So there were, uh, there were other Brits there as mm. well. So we, we uh, you know, went around Venice together. It was just an amazing five days, really. And I was, I was in the speedboat on the way to the hotel thinking, this, this is my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting paid you know, for this. <laughs> yeah. All, all my friends are stuck in an office and, and I'm, and I'm on the way to a hotel in a speedboat because of a pack of cars. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Oh, I bet it was incredible yeah, so it was, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really quite, quite special. Yeah. 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 Oh, amazing. And you, you, you briefly dropped into conversation there about pickpocket as well. Yeah. So, I find this absolutely amazing. So tell us how you were working with the police about pickpocketing. Yeah, so this is crazy. The, the police, so a lot of magicians steal watches and give them back. So that's quite a common thing. <laughs> I like that. You, and um, they give them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We give yeah. them back. <laughs> and this is really nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite common for a magician to, to do a little bit of pickpocketing. But some people, like myself, we tend to specialise in it and get really into it. So, mm. uh, uh, you know, borrowing phones and ties and all sorts of things. And um, one day, uh, a couple of years ago, I got a phone call from the police saying, can we hire you to do some pickpocketing? And I, I thought it was quite an odd phone call because I was surprised that the police wanted to hire me to do it. Uh, but yeah, for, I did it several times with them where um, it was their crime prevention team and I had to interact with the public. So it was out on the street in front of one of their, you know, their sort of white um, mobile units where they do all the bike postcodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. And they hand out leaflets. You can go and chat to them, can't you? Mm. And they, um, yeah, so we were stopping people in the streets. Um, I was interacting with them and, and taking bits and pieces off people, giving them back. And then the police officer next to me would say, he's with us, but if he wasn't, your stuff would be gone. Yeah, and and it was just really to highlight the fact that everybody can be distracted. Yeah, that's really really important, and and the police loved it because they said, for them, it was a really memorable way of doing it, rather than just handing out a leaflet that most people would put in the bin. Mm. You know, there's nothing better than to show them how easy it is to be distracted. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, when when I'm giving back their phone and they didn't even realise it was gone. 
that's going to stick in their mind far, far more mm. than, than just a leaflet. Yeah, so it was, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was good fun. Excellent. And so was that with the Gloucestershire police? Um, have you yeah, done Gloucester, any? Yeah. yeah. I haven't done any other forces, but that's, yes, all the times I've done it so far have been with, with Gloucestershire and they were, they were great. Um, they, I also did it at one of their open days. They had a fantastic open day, mm. uh, usually every year, I think, where they, they open up the whole police um, headquarters and have amazing displays. So I did it there as well, um, which worried me slightly because they had armed police and dogs there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I'm with no them, honestly, I'm with them. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so, yeah, in the police headquarters. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's the, it was their harm um, reduction unit. So it was all about trying to prevent crime. Um, and that there was a particular focus at the time, I remember, on university students coming to Cheltenham for the first time mm. and you know having expensive laptops and phones and they said that the crime goes up because you know stuff gets stolen when course, students yeah. are out and things like that so yeah. uh, you know it was, we did a lot of work with students Ex- oh no that's, that's just brilliant and what a genius way to do it like you're saying it, it does totally stick in your mind doesn't it and it makes you think twice about putting your phone in your back pocket or something you know so yeah that's that's fantastic would well, you... people think people think these things are safe and they're not mm, of course you know. of course you think it'll never happen to you as well don't you you know and i think um in london they say one of the most the most um times you're going to get your phone or anything stolen is as you come out the tube station everyone takes their phone out to look at their messages yeah. and that is when they get they get stolen most of the time because yeah. you know they know that you come out the station you get a signal straight away you look at your phone and that's when it gets nicked so yeah, um, absolutely. That's that's true. And also a couple of other choke points just for your listeners um, to be very, very careful when you're getting on and off the tube. So when the, when you're going through the doors and there's that big crush, because mm. um, obviously a pickpocket needs to be very, very close. Uh, another hot spot is getting off the escalator. Yes. Because not not only are you concentrating on the floor, trying to make sure that you don't trip up, but if the, if the pickpocket um, strikes then, they can immediately turn and get on the up escalator. So by yes. the time you get to the platform, they're already gone. Of course. They're already back up the escalator. Um, so yeah, there's there's certain they, they will even hang around beware the pickpocket signs because as blokes walk past, they will tap their pocket to see where their wallet is, to make sure it's there, because they've just seen the sign. Yes. And the pickpockets will then know, right, the wallet's on That's that where side. it is. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's oh. why they call that's that's why they call the victim the mark because um, sometimes they'll actually mark the back of their jacket on the left or right hand side. Really? Chalk. Yeah, or they might squirt something on their jacket to show that you know that the wallet is on that side, yeah, yeah. the right hand side. So they're oh. very very skilled. Wow. Yeah. Good wow. good team. It's pity you can't yeah. actually use that for Illegal, good. For good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, they should they should run team building courses, shouldn't they? A bit, exactly. A bit amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very skilled. And normally with a gang, um, each one of them has a specific job. So one of them will always do the pickpocketing. Somebody else will always do the blocking. So they won't pickpocket, but they'll be the blocker. Mm. Um, somebody else will will take the item and hand it off. Yeah. So they wow. they all have their own little yeah. job to do, and it's. It's a bit like sort of Ocean's Eleven, you know, they all strike at the same time and then they all disappear. 
Yeah, God, it it's, it's makes you think, doesn't it, really? And, and to keep aware yeah. of your surroundings as well. So you just, I mean, yeah. the amount of times you're on autopilot and just go and you don't think, you know, you think, how the hell did I get here? I can't even remember walking from there to there because it's like you do it every day yeah. and and that, yeah, wow. Yeah, especially with London because, you know, you're on a tube a lot. There's a lot of people. Um, I mean, the best defence is distance, really, and, and hide stuff, you know, put it away. If mm. you don't need to get your phone out, don't get it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if you can see it, they can see it as well. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, try, try not to, try not to display items so that, you know, they, they know exactly where it is. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Um, do you consider yourself to be a, a disruptor in your industry? Do you think? Yeah. I've thought about that question. That's a really good question, isn't it? I think the honest answer is probably not. Um, only because I know that there are some really, really creative magicians that truly move things on for the next generation. So mm. Dynamo, for example, would be one of them, or Darren Brown. You know that these are people that come along perhaps once or twice in every generation that mm. that, that truly disrupt the market and you know change it completely. So you know David Blaine did that with his street magic, yeah. where all of a sudden you know all of a sudden magic wasn't top hat uh, top hats and tailcoats and doves it was some guy on a street in a t-shirt and jeans and it just blew everyone away didn't it because they'd never seen it before yeah um, yeah so i i think there are other magicians that are more creative and disruptive than me um but yeah I, i'd like to think that i do really well in things like social media mm. so that's that's one one area that i'm probably really good at but yeah creatively um that there are probably other magicians that are a little bit more disruptive than I am that really kind of change the game. Mm. Um, if the Magic Dragon is another one that springs to mind, people might remember that. Um, so, uh, you know, people that have a completely unique act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're definitely a niche anyway. So there aren't that many... Definitely like, a I niche. Mean, definitely a niche. There we go. But I was I yeah. like... I mean, there aren't that many full-time professional um, magicians around, you that's know, true. full-time. So, you know, that's a, a great thing there. Now, I mean, when when COVID hit, you know, I mean, obviously the events and wedding industries just came to a halt, didn't they? How have you managed to carry on online? Have you managed to take your magic online at all? Yes. So, uh, so several things happened. So in March and April, essentially, uh, virtually all of my work this year postponed to next year so at, at the moment i think i've postponed 58 weddings 58 58 yeah and counting to to next year so essentially i haven't lost the work but obviously i've just postponed it mm. um and actually it was a friend of mine kerry that came up with this idea of doing an online zoom magic show but live and interactive mm. um so there's something in cheltenham that's quite uh famous in Cheltenham called An Evening of Deception and that's a stage show that happens every year at the Everyman Theatre in Cheltenham mm -hmm. um, usually usually in February and it's a, it's stage magic but there's three performers every year and they rotate it so it's different people every year all of those tickets sell out you know the whole run sells out every year mm. um, and Kerry actually had the idea of having an evening in of deception Ah. so so just that one little word was genius yeah and uh you know we've, we've been friends for a long time we work together a lot she's a fantastic female magician and uh, she said 
you know, let's do this online show. Let's take an evening of deception online. Um, so that's what we did. We rehearsed. We we created um, magic specifically for Zoom so that it would work. Um, we then did some uh, theatre shows and also donated some of the money to the theatres. Uh, so, yeah, so at the moment we're pitching that to corporates for Christmas parties. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and the, the idea is that, you know, you can book a, a whole evening show. So there's three magicians online um, with a compare as well. So, so, you know, full evening show with, a, with oh. a, an interval in the middle. Um, and, of course, if somebody books a Zoom show, regardless of what's happening with the, uh, with the lockdown, it's still going to go ahead. That's the mm. lovely thing. Yeah, um, definitely. If, 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 yeah, so if they hire our show, it'll go ahead, whatever's happening, because, of course, we're, we're all in our homes. So I, yeah. I set, set up all the lighting. Um, I've got a, sort of a podium. I've got all my tricks and things. So, uh, you know, we'll almost turn it into a bit of a theatre. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, people can just sit on their couch and watch, but we interact. So we'll ask them to unmute themselves. Mm. Then we'll tell them to pick a card or we'll tell them to think of something. So there's mind reading, um, magic, you know, all sorts of things. So, yeah, it, it actually works really, really well. We're yeah. surprised at how well it works. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And, and like you say, you know, if you can keep keep the corporates going as well. And because, you know, it looks like Christmas parties are, are dead in the in the water for this year for the corporates as well. But what a great idea to still get your team together even if not physically in the same room, but you can still interact as a team and have some entertainment as well. What a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was I mean, it's been a lifesaver really because it was nice to have a project as well, mm. you know. And the, and the thing is with performers, um, a friend of mine said it the other day, actually, a guy called Mark, he, he put on his Facebook that t- telling a performer to get another job it's like telling them to be a different person. Yeah, of course. Which I thought was a really inter- interesting way of putting it. Yeah. You know, we do these jobs because we absolutely love performing. Mm. So it, it would be like telling a singer to stop singing and go and get a different job. Yeah. Um, which, you know, economically might make sense. But that, but that singer, if that's all they do and it's all they love, mm. you know, you're, you're, you're essentially asking them to be a different person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the so the online show has really given us, um, you know, that love of performing back. You, you've got an audience. Okay, mm. it's different, but you've mm. still got an audience. You can see them clapping and cheering. So yeah, you know, we we all need that for our self esteem performers. Oh, well, <laughs> we need an you, audience. You need it for your self esteem. You need it for your bank account as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah you know, let's be honest. You know, we've all got to survive, and we've all got to still still get work, haven't yeah. we? So you know, and that's, yeah, that's right. A great way to that you've. I hate the word pivot. I detest the word pivot. Um, but we've all had to find <laughs> I just, a way. I just think. I just friends. think of friends. Yeah. Friends on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pivot. Pivot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we've all had to try and think outside the box, literally, and think right. What can I do? Um, you yeah. know, and and that's a, a great idea, a great way to do that as well. Um, so, where can okay. people find out about? your corporate bookings for online um, things. Is it all on your website that people can find this? Uh, so the online show is not on my website specifically, okay. uh, but people, people can go to my website or Instagram. Um, so a lot of our online show stuff is on Instagram. So mm-hmm. on Instagram, I'm uh, Gloss Magician. Yep. So G L O S Magician. Um, 
There's also Kerry as well. Uh, so she's obviously a big part of the show. On Instagram, she is Kerry Scorer, mm-hmm. um, S-C-O-R-A-H. Uh, my website is gloucestershiremagician.co.uk. So yeah. Um, yeah, any of those methods of contact. We have got an evening of deception Facebook page as well. So if people just type in into Facebook and an evening of deception. Uh-huh. Um, we put down all the details there, especially if we've got any public shows where we're selling tickets. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, the, the, the best best way of contacting me is probably um, either through my website or through Instagram. Instagram yeah, yeah. is the one that I use the, the most, okay. as, as you know, because that's how we met. Yes, well. it is. Yes. Instagram. So, uh, Oh, fantastic! Now we're going to put all your all your links and all your details um, on on the website as well, um, which Thank also you. goes through onto iTunes, so people can very easily find you on there as well um, through whatever way they they've clicked to listen. So <laughs> all the information will be there, and we'll put Kerry's Instagram there as well. Um, oh, you know, you. so we can do that as well. Thank you so much. I mean, it has been a crappy year um for yeah, absolutely <laughs> in all ways but especially for the wedding and then events industry as well do you think there's a way out of it uh that's a great question uh i'm i'm trying to be positive i'm i'm slightly less positive than i was earlier in the year um because i think in the winter it's going to get worse before it gets better i think we're probably heading for for another national lockdown Mm. if people don't don't you know behave uh but I, i'm hopeful that that we'll bounce back you know that there will always be weddings there will always be parties um and hopefully the parties will be bigger and better than ever when we get out of this because boy we are going to need to party aren't yeah we? definitely um, i think everyone's so so sick and fed up with it um so yeah i i i, I do think it's all temporary but i do think it's dragging on for a lot longer than uh, than people think so mm. um i'm just trying to be optimistic just trying, trying to be patient yeah that, that's all um, yeah, yeah. i've got lots of bookings for next year and just hope that you know we can get through the winter without too much hassle and, and then these weddings ahead can go yeah. next year um you know i can survive uh one year with no income but probably not two no no um, so yeah so hopefully uh you know within a few months and I'm sure with the, with the spring and the warmer weather, yeah. uh, that might help. But uh, yeah, I think in the winter, it's just a case of doing the online shows and being patient. I think there's not much else we, we can do. You know, there's a lot of people suffering, Yeah, um, not, ju- not just the arts, but uh, yeah, patience, I think, is the key, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's finish on a high. <laughs> finish on a positive. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, let's let's hope. And your your online shows sound absolutely fantastic. And um, on your website, there's a show reel there as well that you can have a look at and actually yeah. see you in action. Um, when you can actually meet people and and talk to people in person. Um, you know, absolutely fabulous and and so fascinating. So thank you so much for taking the time um, to come and talk to us about it today. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you ever so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, that. no, thank you. And as I say, we'll put all your details on the website so people can um, find you there. So thank you so much. And um, we will see you soon. Thank you. Have a lovely day. And you take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.